Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm John Haley. And I'm Erin Barton. Remember, Caveat Realtors meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hey, Erin. Hey, John. How are you? I'm good. Uh, as you know, and as some of our loyal listeners may know, there is an official candy of the Caveat Realtor team, and that is the gummy bear. The preferred candy for the legal department. It is the preferred candy. Yes. But man cannot live on one candy alone. No, we cannot have an exclusive arrangement where we only eat gummy bears or where we force other people to only eat gummy bears. Everyone has to be able to choose their own candy, John. That's right. It's 2018. You can choose your own candy wherever you want. Why are we talking about candy, you may be asking. Uh, Well, we discussed the Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act, which everyone refers to as RESPA, back in November. And today, it's so nice, we're going to talk about it twice. We're going to take a closer look at one aspect of RESPA, specifically co-marketing agreements. Which has absolutely nothing to do with gummy bears, but it'll all tie in eventually. Everything's better with gummy bears. Everything. Uh, Co-marketing agreements or marketing service agreements are usually between two or more settlement service providers, such as real estate broker and a lender, or a lender and insurance company, who decide to co-market their businesses through advertisements, such as flyers or online ads. The ones we hear about in the news lately are generally the larger agreements, for example, between mortgage companies and brokerage firms. But these agreements also exist on a much more micro level between agents and their vendors, like lenders or title companies. And this has been a widespread and accepted practice in the business, if done correctly, until recently when the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, or the CFPB, has started cracking down on these. So first, a little bit of background on RESPA. RESPA was first enacted in 1974 to prevent kickbacks and other unearned fees between real estate settlement service providers. These providers are defined very broadly and include most of the parties involved in a real estate transaction, including the real estate salesperson, lender, title company, closing attorney, home warranty companies, etc. There is an exception in Section 8C2 of the Act that states RESPA shall not be construed as prohibiting the payment to any person of a bona fide salary or compensation or other payment for goods or facilities actually furnished or for services actually performed. 2011, when the CFPB took over administration and enforcement of RESPA from the Department of Housing and Urban Development, they put forth a conflicting interpretation of this exception from what the industry had been relying on previously. The CFPB stated that Section 8C2 did not automatically shield fair market value payments to other settlement service providers from a RESPA violation. And the rest is history. Mm, Yes, it is. (laughs) A few years later, the Bureau said in a 2015 decision that the payment had to not only be fair market value for services provided, but also bona fide in that they were not tied in any way to a referral of business. Soon after that decision, the Bureau released a compliance bulletin in which they warned that the routine real estate industry practice of entering into marketing service agreements, or MSAs, could trigger a RESPA violation. Although they did not declare MSAs as straight-out illegal, the new interpretation has caused a lot of uncertainty and fear among real estate settlement service providers. Since then, we've all been waiting and watching with bated breath as the case of CFPB versus PHH Mortgage moves through the courts. 
and we're waiting for the CFPB to provide some kind of clear guidance on the legality of MSAs. The CFPB alleged that the marketing service agreements between PHH and real estate brokerages were really vehicles to disguise illegal payments for referrals in violation of RESPA, and the CFPB fined them $109 million, with an M, dollars. Wow. It's a lot of change. Uh, PHH appealed, and the CFPB has refused to release any additional guidance on RESPA until the case was finished in the courts. Well, just last week, the court found in favor of PHH, stating unanimously that payments to settlement service providers are permitted by RESPA so long as those payments are for goods and services actually furnished or performed and are made at fair market value. And this is great news not only for PHH, who no longer has to pay the $109 million fine, but because it provides us with some clarity on the type of co-marketing agreements that are allowed under RESPA and gives the CFPB an opportunity to finally issue some clear guidance. So, John, what should agents do if they have these types of agreements or are considering entering into a co-marketing agreement? Well, this is still a difficult question, but if it wasn't difficult, everyone would have a real estate podcast. Although the court's decision has given us some clarity, the CFPB still has not responded with guidance, so these agreements remain pretty risky. In the meantime, NAR has released some best practices for agents considering such an agreement. First, the agent should always seek legal advice from an attorney familiar with the intricacies of RESPA compliance. Any agreement should be in writing, with the bona fide services and compensation structures clearly specified. Any compensation should be provided on the value of the services, not the volume of the business. Getting an independent valuation of the services is also encouraged. Exclusivity agreements and preferential language, for example, saying that this is my preferred lender. Or my preferred candy. That one's still okay, I think. <laughs> the preferred lender one, however, should be avoided. And finally, the rate... Ra- and finally, the relationship should always be disclosed to the consumer. So let's take it to the legal hotline. Let's go. I have a co-marketing agreement with a settlement company. I typically pay for all the marketing, and then the settlement company reimburses me for half, but it varies depending on the number of referrals that we receive from the settlement company. Is this problematic? Eh, yeah, this agreement's still pretty risky under the current CFPB leadership, and we don't recommend it. First, you should absolutely have an attorney review any co-marketing agreement before you sign it. RESPA also prohibits co-marketing agreements based on capture rates, which is where compensation is based on the percentage of referrals that convert to actual clients. In fact, NAR has advised that any relationship between parties in a position to refer settlement services or businesses to each other where one party is directly or indirectly defraying the other's advertising expenses, such as an agreement like this, could create a RESPA violation. We don't know the actual type of marketing in this situation, but this type of arrangement where one party acts as a gatekeeper when dealing with a third-party marketing company and the other party simply reimburses them is strongly discouraged. Both parties should have a separate agreement with the third-party marketing firm. Aaron, can I enter into an exclusive co-marketing agreement with an insurance provider? No. One of the requirements of a legal co-marketing agreement is that the agreement must not be exclusive. Both parties must be allowed to perform services for other businesses in the same field. In fact, any type of preferential language, such as, you can choose whomever you want, but this is my preferred lender, is a red flag. 
NAR has advised that you avoid any agreement where your co-marketing party is required or even allowed to endorse you exclusively or otherwise, or vice versa. This includes any type of preferential language, but also perceived endorsements, such as likes or follows on social media, repostings, tagged pictures with one another, and other favorable commentary on referral sources' pages, whether that activity is conducted from your personal or your business account. John, next question. I have great relationships with some of the lenders in my area, and they always give out my name to persons they meet who are looking to buy or sell a home. I know I can't pay them for these referrals, but I want to show my gratitude, so I always send a thank you note with a $5 gift card to Starbucks. This is such a nominal amount. shouldn't matter, right? We know this is a common practice, and for that reason, this may not be the answer that most of you want to hear. But NAR has stated that a realtor should not exchange any thing of value with anyone for a referral, no matter how small the thing of value is. RESPA does not have an exception for minimal kickback amounts. And even a small amount, like a $5 coffee gift card, is considered a thing of value under the law. So, how can agents limit their risk? First and foremost, before entering into any type of co-marketing agreement, consult an attorney knowledgeable in RESPA. These guidelines are very complicated, and you want to make sure that you are fully in compliance. As a broker, you want to have office policies addressing co-marketing agreements and make sure that you know when your agents are engaging in these types of agreements. And finally, everyone should review NAR's comprehensive document, RESPA Do's and Don'ts for Co-Marketing, Social Media, and Other Web-Based Marketing Tools. It's available on the NAR website and covers the issues we mentioned earlier, like equally sharing costs, avoiding preferential language, things of value, and much, much more. That's it for today. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab in the four members section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Thanks. Bye. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is a general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2018. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license.